The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the third quarter 2023 Von Nelson Select Recap. And with me today is Lead Senior Portfolio Manager, Scott Weber. And with that, Scott, I will turn things over to you. Thanks, Tim. No way to cut this. It was an unpleasant quarter. Uh, the market was down, and we were down a little bit more. Uh, market was down both in August and September. And for our part, uh, selection was poor, and so we trailed the index. And we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to why there, that was. Um, large cap outperformed smalls yet again. Uh, we did see a beginning of a little bit of rotation. Uh, the artificial intelligence trade began to slow a little bit, but the GLP-1 agonists are still wreaking havoc on anything healthcare-related. That, that, and, and that's extending, by the way, all the way now to Walmart, uh, having made comments on on Ozempic and Jaro and the like uh, impacting sales. But uh, that, that said, the market, uh, broadly speaking, is still seeming to wait on a recession that hasn't officially been, been clear, declared yet or is not necessarily here. Uh, inflation is a little bit above target still, but certainly well off its recent peak. If you look to uh, to our performance uh, from a contribution perspective, uh, energy and, and communication services were the only sectors with positive contribution during the quarter. Real estate and utilities led the decline. Uh, that I think is largely attributable to the to the rise in real rates. Uh, the tech rally that we saw in June and July really kind of faded. So flipping to attribution, as we mentioned, select lag the index from an attribution perspective is mainly due to one name, and we'll get to that one. Uh, Industrials, energy, and consumer discretionary were were positive. They led the way. Uh, Staples, technology, and utilities uh, slowed the relative performance. And uh, the the one name that that was a real negative uh, contributor or detractor, I guess you'd say, was responsible for well over half of the... uh, selection effect. Um, Cash levels are back to normal. Sector leadership shifted away from the AI trade towards energy, uh, and that was even before uh, the, the, I don't know if it's a war officially, but the the conflict that's going on in Israel with with Hamas. Uh, During the quarter, our trading activity was a little bit busier. We we bought about six companies. We sold, you know, three slash four. One of them didn't, didn't fully get done by the end of the quarter. Uh, we added to a few attractive names on weakness, harvested a few gains, a few, a few names with, with gains, um, and then, uh, but, you know, we, we keep teasing this name that, that hurt. We excised a cancer in, in selling uh, Dollar General. Um, <clears throat> so just a quick note on that particular company. It's a name we've owned for a while. We've made some money in. Uh, they had, they're, they're, they're a little off cycle with respect to calendar quarter reporting so when they reported first quarter, there were some signs of danger. Uh, when they reported second quarter, those were <clears throat> they were demonstrably confirmed, and we didn't we didn't wait around. We didn't uh, stand on any sort of um, intellectual high ground. We 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 are humble, and we knew that we were wrong there, so we sold it. Quick quick couple of notes on what's going on there. This is a business that's grown nicely, both on a four-wall basis, but also a number of stores throughout the United States. In our opinion, they're the better operator in the dollar store space. Um, there are a lot of reasons to like them, and they've got a good long track record. All that said, they were over-earning largely you know, post-COVID uh, as, as mix improved a higher margin product, and they were the direct beneficiaries of 
federal stimulus. As that abated, the notion of having to begin to pay interest on your student loans again um, and other macroeconomic, I'd say, headwinds to them began to rear their heads. You might think that, that because of the lower cost model that they're a bit of a gift and good and that they have a, a more trade down or, or the management would say trade in to their stores from other stores. You didn't get as much of that and, and certainly through the year you didn't really have gasoline prices increase up and until uh, really more recently. And so fewer reason to go to them for convenience. You're probably driving right past $2 generals on the way to Walmart to do your shopping. In addition to that, it's our contention that they've sort of outgrown the management oversight in as much as you feel like we've got uh, security, cleanliness, layout, all sorts of issues at stores. Um, this is, this is a, management's going to have to go and retrench and, and look at the problem and figure out what is delaying or, or slowing down traffic growth. Is it because they've got uh, stores with no security and therefore people have been injured? Is it because some of the stores they've been shown to have uh, different prices at the register versus uh, versus the shelf or, or water cases, as one uh, recent article pointed out, blocking fire exits. And enough about that. The, the point is there, you know, if you operate each one of these stores with maybe one person working plus a manager, it, it, they, they just can't keep doing that. Uh, traffic will fade, uh, and, that, and that's what we've seen. Shrinkage has grown. Uh, mix has not improved. They're, they're shifting some capital to, to including more fresh, which is to say mostly produce and things like that. That you, you got to have traffic to support that because at the margin, first of all, a banana spoils, whereas toothpaste takes years to spoil. And, and second of all, um, you know, you're going to get a better margin on the toothpaste. So all that said, um, nobody's, nobody's standing on um, any, any sort of intellectual high ground here. We, uh, we recognized the folly of our way by continuing to own it. We sold it. It continued to go down. Um, having said all of that, we like the company. There is a little bit of a transition in management, although internally sourced. Within the last roughly 18 months, the CEO and the CFO have both uh, uh, been promoted again internally. Usually that's kind of a flag to keep your eyes on things. All this put together, it's a good company. It's a good management team. They'll get their arms around it. We just don't think they're going to do it in the next, it won't be done within the next year, let's say it that way. So we moved on. Uh, <clears throat> with respect to our ideal list, it's growing appreciably. We've got a couple of names in the hopper that show real promise. Um, we continue, you know, looking for names with resilience and the ability to accelerate their internal investment track. Uh, our positioning currently is, is we think, favorable. We like it. Uh, if we're wrong, like in the case that we just referenced, we will act. We will act quickly. Uh, and, and certainly to the extent that the other side of that coin is we get the chance to put the capital in a place that makes the portfolio better, we're going to not, not slow down to make that opportunity or to realize that opportunity as well. Looking at the characteristics of the portfolio, we currently have 29 positions. Uh, the exposures are very consistent with our typical profile. Active share, you know, certainly above 80%. Higher ROE and ROA versus the index. Uh, the market cap skews just a little bit smaller than the index. Um, I think uh, our average market cap is about $412 billion versus the Russell 3000 at least is 545 The S&P is uh, somewhere around the same number. Um, our valuation statistics skew a little bit above. 
above an index despite uh, our value DNA, and, and I think that comes largely from the fact that we don't own any banks, and that's going to be the biggest detractor, or the, uh, the smallest uh, multiple in from an from a industry space within the index. Looking next to the factors that contributed to performance, uh, we were underweight the value factor. I think that goes back to that multiple point that we just made. Given the fact that there was a drawdown during the quarter, that took away from our relative performance. That's pretty typical, and, and it's a result from the, from the process with respect to how we invest. We are <clears throat> slightly underweight tech, although less so now. That during the quarter uh, detracted from performance, and it offset some of the relative gains that we had from also being underweight healthcare, consumer discretionary, and industrials. Um, we are still, uh, based on the factor work, showing more diversification than the benchmark. Again, and we say this every quarter because it's been the case for a couple of years now, the top end of the index has a lot of mega cap tech. And even though one company, like say for example, Amazon is a consumer discretionary, whereas Microsoft is information technology, um, and uh, Alphabet and, and, and Meta are both uh, communication services. Said differently, you've got different sectors, but essentially you've got very similar underlying factors. And so that's why uh, we, 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 we don't have the, the concentration in all of those names, and that's why we, we show better diversification. The tracking error of about um, of, you know, of active risk at 3.92% is, is, I think, entirely appropriate. And stock-specific risk taken accounts for nine, nine, over, right at 90% of the active risk in the portfolio. And uh, here again, from a factor perspective, um, calling out Dollar General just because it was outsized with respect to the performance during the quarter. Looking next to macro, again, said it last quarter, we'll say it again, still waiting for Godot. The recession that everyone thinks is coming still hasn't happened, although economic statistics today seem a little necessarily weaker than, the, than they have been. Certainly growth has slowed. Um, you've got less narrow market performance and a little more rotation from a sector standpoint within the equity markets. Um, stock markets are still behaving a little bit like inflation has already peaked. Uh, there's a, a question of when, how fast uh, can we reach a, a, a target rate from a policy perspective. Um, we're recording this, you know, in October, and we've got a CPI print today that suggests that there's still a bit more inflation, uh, that, or at least it exceeds the policy target or the, the target range. And so that coupled with even though it's slower growth, there, there are job growths, unemployment's not a problem. Uh, probably the Fed's not riding to the rescue yet, um, despite the fact that uh, you've had recent what we call externalities, right? I mean, you had... Um, Hamas break the wall and come into Israel, and it's a very sad situation there. I will say from an economic standpoint, that, i.e. war, and also the strikes that you see uh, around the United Auto Workers, et cetera, those things tend to be inflationary. So we kind of put that in our mix with respect to uh, economic forecast. So all this said, when the recession comes, if it comes, it's not going to surprise anybody, which begs the question already already positioned from it from a market perspective, and I'll leave that to you to ponder. Um, the other macro comment during the quarter is you had real dollar strength and real rates were rising. Uh, that presumably means that uh, maybe you had some redemptions from non-U.S. investors. I, I don't know, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, think, I think that covers it on macro. 
from a market valuation perspective, not much different than last quarter, maybe a little bit richly valued. Uh, that's not to say that valuation disparity does not exist. You can find it. Uh, we're finding ideas. Uh, the rotation that we called for last quarter really began. You know, energy took the lead there. Um, we, in that space, continue to think that we're undersupplied. And even though there might be high-minded ideals towards reducing our dependence on hydrocarbons, that's not something that happens overnight. Uh, and so, we're, we're, you know, you can't have... I've heard it said by others, you can't have an energy transition without first having energy security, and we're undersupplied there. So uh, we, we added to that space, and, and, and ideally we'll, we'll see a good return for that effort. Um, debt issuance has really been fine. The IPO market was open, but you know if you look at the most recent big IPO, which was uh, Birkenstock, it you know sold well, and then as soon as it started trading, it opened lower, and when I last looked, it, it wasn't trading up, but that's only been a day or so, so too early to call it on that one. With respect to positioning, despite a busier quarter, the, the, old, the posture is not altogether different. Um, our beta is a little bit closer to the index, but still less than one. Um, we, we think that you know we've got a similar to better return profile than an index with less risk. And I think that that lends itself to why we think the, the, the posture of the portfolio is a little bit conservative. So you might infer what our views are, at least parts unsaid based on that, on that comment. Uh, the market's still looking for leadership. It's had some rotation. Energy kind of took the, took the ball and ran with it a little bit this quarter. And unless and until we get a real clarity or an official call on things like a recession or a shift in... Um, policy from uh, from the Fed and other, you know, the global central banks. You know, the stimulus we saw from China recently was not terribly surprising. In fact, if anything, it was a little disappointing based on the fact that it's more infrastructure and less consumer related. You're still in that sort of middle ground and we're going to keep keep our eye on the ball and, and, and behave as much as, uh, as that middle ground dictates we should. And with the eye towards compounding uh, at a mid-teen rate over the longer arc by finding great businesses today. So it's business as usual, and uh, we'll keep at it. And with that, I'll hand it back to you, Dan. All right. Good deal. Thank you, Scott. Important information. Standard performance as a percentage for Von Nelson Select Fund as of September 30th, 2023. Class A at NAV 3 month minus 5.02%. Year to date 10.09%. One year 16.89%. Three years 12.47%. 5 years 10.18%, life of class June 29, 2012, 11.81%, class A with 5.75% maximum sales charge 3 month minus 10.47%, year to date 3.73%, 1 year 10.15%, 3 years 10.27%, 5 years 8.88%, life of class June 29, 2012, 11.15%, Class Y 3 month minus 4.97%, year to date 10.23%, 1 year 17.12%, 3 years 12.74%, 5 years 10.45%, life of class June 29, 2012, 12.08%, S&P 500 index 3 month minus 3.27%, year to date 13.07%, 1 year 21.62%, 3 years 10.15%, 5 years 9.92%, life of class June 29, 2012, 11.91%, performance data listed represents past performance and is no guarantee of, and not necessarily indicative of, future results. 
Total return and value will vary, and you may have a gain or loss when shares are sold. Current performance may be lower or higher than quoted. For most recent month-end performance, visit imnatixis.com. Performance for other share classes will be greater or less based on differences in fees and sales charges. Performance for periods less than one year is cumulative, not annualized. Returns reflect changes in share price and reinvestment of dividends and capital gains, if any. Top 10 holdings for the Von Nelson Select Fund as of September 30, 2023. Security name percent of portfolio. Microsoft Corp 6.3%. Sherwin-Williams Company 5.0%. Amazon.com, Inc. 4.8%. Intercontinental Exchange, Inc. 4.6%. Alphabet, Inc. 4.3%. O'Reilly Automotive, Inc. 4.1%. Salesforce, Inc. 3.9%. Wheaton Precious Metals Corp 3.8%, Berkshire Hathaway, Inc. 3.8%, Zotus, Inc. 3.6%. The portfolio is actively managed and holdings are subject to change. There is no guarantee the fund continues to invest in the securities referenced. Gross expense ratio 1.12%, Class A share, 0.88%, Class Y share, net expense ratio 1.10%, Class A share, 0.85%. Class Y share. As of the most recent prospectus, the investment advisor has contractually agreed to waive fees and or reimburse expenses, with certain exceptions once the expense cap of the fund has been exceeded. This arrangement is set to expire on March 31, 2024. When an expense cap has not been exceeded, the gross and net expense ratios may be the same. Definitions of terms used in this material. S&P 500 index is a widely recognized measure of US stock market performance. It is an unmanaged index of 500 common stocks chosen for market size, liquidity, and industry group representation, among other factors. It also measures the performance of the large cap segment of the US equities market. CRB index is a basket of 19 commodities, including energy contracts, agriculture, precious metals, and industrial metals. The index acts as a representative indicator of commodity markets. Alpha is a measure of the difference between a portfolio's actual returns and its expected performance. Given its level of systematic market risk, a positive alpha indicates outperformance and negative alpha indicates underperformance relative to the portfolio's level of systematic risk. Beta is calculated for the three-year period and represents the risk associated with the fund relative to market risks. For example, the market has a beta of 1.00, so if a fund has a beta of 0.85, it can be expected to be 15% less volatile than the overall market. Conversely, if a fund has a beta of 1.08, it can be expected to be 8% more volatile than the overall market. Return on equity measures a corporation's profitability by revealing how much profit a company generates with the money shareholders have invested. Active share indicates the proportion of the portfolio's holdings that are different than the benchmark. A higher active share indicates a larger difference between the benchmark and the portfolio. Von Nelson Select Fund risks U.S. equity equity securities are volatile and can decline significantly in response to broad market and economic conditions. Non-diversified funds invest a greater portion of assets in fewer securities and therefore may be more vulnerable to adverse changes in the market. Value investing carries the risk that a security can continue to be undervalued by the market for long periods of time. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit imnatixis.com or call 800-862-4863 for a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully. The index information contained herein is derived from third parties and is provided on an as-is basis. The user of this information assumes the entire risk of use of this information. Each of the third-party entities involved in compiling, computing or creating index information disclaims all warranties, including, without limitation, any warranties of originality, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, non-infringement, mercantility and fitness for a particular purpose. With respect to such information, 
This material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed are as of October, 2023, and may change based on market and other conditions. Natixis Distribution, LLC is a limited-purpose broker-dealer and the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. Natixis Distribution, LLC Fund Distributor, Member FINRA, SIPC, and Von Nelson Investment Management, LP are affiliated. POD 133 September, 2023, expiration date, January 31, 2024, Adtrax 237778820.